Hey everybody, Dr. Axe here. Hey, welcome to the show. I am so excited for today's guest. It's Ethan Supley. And e Ethan has a incredible story that he's going to share with us. And I want to say this too. Chelsea and I have been uh, fans of Ethan for a long time. We've watched him uh, several of his movies over for the years. He was in Boy Meets World, which by the way is my wife Chelsea's one of her favorite shows. I loved it too. It was fantastic. And also Remember the Titans, a movie that we absolutely love. And so Ethan has starred in a lot of movies and TV shows shows, but he has an incredible story of gaining and losing over 500 pounds. And if you look at the before and after picture, you'd say, is this the same person? So it's really amazing, incredible. And so he's going to share with us tips for goal setting, for uh, transforming your body and a lot more. So Ethan, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, Dr. X. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So we, um, you know, I know we were chatting right before we jumped on. You're out in California now. I'm in Nashville. So we've talked about, hey, you know, meeting up sometime. I know that, um, you know, I know you travel quite a bit. You've been all over the country. And one of the things, um, and I, I do want to get into that in a little bit. I want to hear how you stay fit when you travel. Yeah. Before we get into that though, I would love to just start off hearing your story of this physical transformation you've gone through. And I'm curious, is this something where you decided I'm going to lose weight and then all of a sudden it was, you know, a year later you lost it all or was it a little bit up and down? Like what was that journey you went through to lose as much weight as you, and how much weight was it from your max to, to your, to your lightest that you, you have been? Yeah. There, I mean, there is so much there and I want to give you the, the briefest version of it possible. Um, I was always quote unquote overweight. I was born, you know, I would hear stories from my mom, like you were almost 11 pounds when you were, when you were born, which was huge. I've got four kids. None of them came close to that. Um, and so, so I just had this, uh, perception of myself from the time that birth, I guess, that I was just this big bodied person. Um, at five, I was put on my first restraint restrictive diet that was truly against my will. And I started to sneak food. And then there would be years of uh, my parents going, this diet's just not working, not realizing that I'm like in the kitchen while they're asleep, shoving food into my face, and then getting rewarded with trips through the drive through on the weekend because from what they've seen, I've been good all week on the diet. So I'm being rewarded with foods that are not conducive to what they're looking to achieve for me or what they're trying to get me to achieve. And I, I kept having trips to nutritionists where my, my mom would say, we're, we're going to just, we all have a problem with food and this nutritionist has it figured out. And dude, I was raised in LA. There is some weird stuff that people do out here. At one point we would all we all got Polaroids of us taken and the gal spread some water on the back of the Polaroid and based on the um uh rainbow coloring of the water on the back of the Polaroid, she would determine our diet and give us supplements. Like uh, like really wild stuff. Wow. I mean I went through every version of blood test and and this doctor would say like well you know chicken is bad for you and this doctor would say anything red is bad for you and then there was anything white is bad for you and so it would literally come down to like there was a period of my life where i'm not eating red onions or anything red 
And then there was another period of my life I remember where it was like red cabbage or white cabbage and white onions are bad for you. Like the mental stressors that were placed upon me as a child regarding food were many. And I became a great liar and a great cheater. And I, I, I never really agreed to any of this. So I worked against it every chance I got. The minute I was autonomous and had a car and money, I went even further in the other direction of like, well, fast food is something I enjoy because it's been given to me as a reward throughout my life. So now I'm going to eat as much of this as I can. This is my sense of pleasure. I had some very serious substance abuse problems. 2002, I get sober. I meet a girl. Um, The girl shows total affection for me regardless of weight. I'm 550 pounds at this point. And I remember for the very first time in my life having the thought, if, if I want to have a future with her or if I think into the future with her, there's many things that my physical state is not going to allow me to do. There's a lot of stuff she wants to do, but there's a lot of stuff I want to do with her that I'm physically incapable of doing. So this was kind of the first moment where I went like, oh, I want to change. Um, that conversation with her was total, uh, total mental gymnastics to have because the, the fact that I was going to communicate with her about something that was so objectively obvious, Yeah, but... I felt like the minute I say something to her, I'm going to reveal something about myself that she doesn't know. So it's this weird jigsaw puzzle of like computations and rationalizations that I had going of like, if I tell her I'm overweight, then she'll know I'm overweight. Not, you know, it was like a feeling. Anyway, I broke down. I did it. She was like, great, let's do a diet. And that was kind of the beginning of my career as a as somebody on diets um who wanted to be on diets who was looking to achieve some positive change and i steadily lost weight for a long time um but there's so much value in the idea of lifestyle change i think and and it was completely lost on me because i just thought well, I'm going on a diet, that's a lifestyle change, without having any thought to like, what's my goal for this diet? And then is that a goal I want to keep, hold yeah. on to, right? So, and, and so Ethan, so, so this diet, so the first thing that you did, what was this sort of the typical diet of like, you're starving, you're, you're eating less, and you're trying to just eat things that taste bad? I mean, is that sort of what it was? Was way more severe than that. I okay. did... Um, uh, two months of a liquid diet. And so I was, I was at like 500 calories a day. It was, I believe two or three protein shakes that didn't taste good. You know, I, I take some whey protein and casein protein now yeah, and it tastes great. It's yeah. delicious. It's yeah. just that and water, right? I mean, I'm not making elaborate protein shakes with bananas and peanut butter and stuff. It still tastes good. Sweetened with stevia and, and other things were, some of it's not even sweet and it still tastes good. This stuff tasted like cardboard, liquid yeah. cardboard yeah. and handfuls of supplements, which I believe were mostly fiber. 
um, and some vitamins. And it was like uh, two months of, I was cold the whole time. I had zero energy. I sat and watched TV most of the time. When I'd stand up almost every time, I would almost black out. My vision would go away. Like it was really, really rough. Now, that said, I was 550 pounds. The weight I lost on that, I have never dipped back into. And I have wow. fluctuated all over the place on most diets. But I got down to 4, 480, 470, 480, and I have never, again, since that moment, been above that weight. I, wow. So... So it wasn't, you know, I, I don't want to say for somebody who's, I, look, I make no moral judgments on diets, period. I think if somebody's doing a diet and it's working, then good for you and you're happy with it, good for you. Uh, I would never do that diet now, ever. Um, but it wasn't, and it was really, really hard, but it, it ultimately, this reduction in... Um, freedom for, that I'm imposing on myself with regard to food was kind of necessary to even get some kind of a, a place to look at the state of food that I was consuming. Um, if you had said to me at that point, just reduce your calories, it wouldn't have worked um, because I, I, I didn't know what a calorie was, but this idea of like, well, here's all you have to do is drink this stuff. You don't, you don't have to cook anything. You don't have to think about food at all for this period of time. It, it was successful in that way. Um, but I could totally see that if I didn't continue for the next 18 years, basically to diet, I would have gained that weight back, you know, yeah. um, since then done basically every trendy fad diet that, that LA has offered carnivore didn't really exist back then in the mainstream. So I never did that. Um, and veganism also wasn't as popular. So I never really did that either, but basically, and these are the two, I think, um, this is like a spectrum where it's like, all animal products are bad. And then all the other side says all vegetable products are bad. And so I just never got to those extremes, but I'm sure I could have if they were popular back then. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, it's an amazing story. So and do you mind me asking what you weigh, what you weigh now? I'm 255 today. I and mean, that's amazing. Almost lost. I mean, it went 300 pounds. I mean, that yeah. that's incredible. And, and I want to dive into the nutrition and talk about you know, what you do today. I want to talk about the foods, the meal plans, the supplements. But before I do that, I, I'm curious to hear what kept you motivated because to lose that much, I mean, that's a, I mean, that is a big lifestyle change going from eating fast food and all the things you did and inactivity to now. I mean, you know, I seeing your picture on the internet is just so impressive. I, again, you're a super buff guy, super fit. And um, again, because a lot of times people lose weight, but then they're not fit. Like you are Somebody would look at you and be like, and they would, this is their exact words are in their mind. They would say, this guy is jacked. Like, that's what they would say. <laughs> and so right. all that being said is like, what was the, um, how did you stay motivated? Because a lot of times people are like, hey, it's New Year's resolution or I'm doing a diet and maybe they can do it for 30 days or three months, but it doesn't last, you know, 10 to 15, 20 years. So how did yeah. you stay motivated? Well, I, th that's a really great question too, because I I wasn't consistently motivated. There were 
huge periods of time in the last 18 years that were all weight regain, not total weight regain, but like um, I started doing uh, My Name is Earl in 2005 and was about 300 pounds. And by the time I was done doing it, I was 400 pounds. Um, now, that's not to say in that time I wasn't eating fast food. Uh, you know, maybe occasionally I was, but it wasn't, it wasn't like back into my behavior of the 90s. Um, you know, there have been periods of my life where I've been ultra focused on diet and the diet has been something that is really, really difficult. Now, I think I have many thoughts on this. I think that all of this can be perspective. Um, but what I've come to in the last couple of years and to get into the shape that I'm in now is finally actually understanding what lifestyle change means. A diet, when the, with the way I consider a diet, right, there's multiple definitions of the word diet. One is just the way we eat. That's our diet. So that's not the definition I'm using. I'm using the definition, a, a period of time with reduced or con controlled food intake. Yeah. That is not lifestyle change. Yeah. That is a temporary thing. And so it took me a long time to really, really get a, a perspective on this that allows me to live in my life day to day in a way that will allow me to be at the level of health and fitness that I'm at. Man, it was always just, if I do this for two months, I'll get to whatever X is, and it was always a, a metric of weight. Um, and then, and then I'll be fine. And, and, and that was the problem. And then I'll be fine meant I get to go live my life. My life goes back to the way it was. And the yeah. way it was, was weight gain, fat gain. And so I, I, I started in the last couple of years to look at these, um, fat loss and maintenance periods. And the maintenance period is the lifestyle change. And so if we if we did a, a a graph and we trended my my fitness and it would be like for the statistics urging towards health and fitness and dietary goals the graph is just going up and then right when i've reached that goal the graph is also in a sharp decline so so my life this this idea of yo-yo down and up was very real and so all I've tried to do is realize that I may have some part of me that has to think about food for the rest of my life. I don't, it's gotten so much better, but I want to stretch that idea of yo-yoing out as, as so the peaks and the valleys are not as severe so yeah. that if I'm gaining weight, I'm gaining weight intentionally to try and build muscle. And it's very, very slow. And if I'm losing weight, I'm losing weight intentionally to lose fat. It's also very, very slow. And the biggest and most important part for me is maintenance. And this is lifestyle. 
Man, I, Ethan, one of the things I think that's such a healthy mentality you have is is exactly what you just stated. I think so many people today, it's like, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds in 20 days. Like I want to lose. A, and it's just, it's not the best way to do it versus if you're doing it the way that you're sharing it, hey, a year later, you will have lost a crazy amount of weight. It may take you, you know, twice as long, but you'll keep it off likely forever rather than this, you know, these constant crash and burn. And so anyways, I love the mentality there. You know, one of the things I think that um, my guess is you've done this is you've done some goal setting. And I'd be curious if you, again, if that's true, if you have, and then how do you do that? If you goal set, is it, hey, you just have a number in your head or is it more, do you write things down? Like, how do you go about, you know, reaching some of the goals that you've, you've set? Yeah, some of the goals, and, and, I, and I love this because I think there are, Goals can be super multifaceted. Um, in the beginning, it was like these massive goals that are like, I need to lose 200, 300 pounds. And then I like to get really, really specific. And, and I'm a sober person now. I, I have no um, moral judgments on drugs or alcohol. Either my wife drinks alcohol and it doesn't mess her life up. But for me, it, it did. And so I, I don't drink. But much in the way that I initially achieved sobriety, they say, take it a day at a time. And, and that's very useful to me. But sometimes it's literally like, I got to take it a minute at a time, or even a second at a time, get through whatever moment that I have a, a, the devil on my shoulder or a little voice in the back of my head saying, donuts are good, go have donuts and get go like, no, that, that's, that goes against my goal for the day or my goal for the morning. Or, so I set tiny goals along with big goals. Right now, I have strictly arbitrary goals that have nothing to do with anything except to have a goal. I think having a goal is important. It's very important for me. So I go, I want to see all six of my abdominal muscles. Now, I say that it's a very hard goal to achieve. And then I get there and I have all the other cognitive dissonance and body dysmorphia going like, well, do you only see all six because of overhead lighting, you know, and do you only, and so I have to fight through that and go, shut up. I yeah. see all six. I've, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is a goal, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I have, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mental garbage in there that I have to clear out. But there was a, a point in time where it was like, I don't want my knees to hurt as bad. I don't want to sweat on relatively cool days. I don't want to have to check the strength of everything I sit down on. Those were my goals. Like, and those were legitimate goals. I don't want to um, stand out as much as I do because of my size. Um, uh, those were all, at, there were points in time where those were my literal goals. Wow. And of course, metrics. I don't want to be 500 pounds. That was a goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love I love the mini goal idea. And the thing I love too is for, for you, this is something, and I'll share this for myself too. Like I am a, uh, my wife would, would, would say this, like I'm a obsessive goal setter. And I do because I just love it. Like I love strategy. I love creating plans. I love doing this. And so anytime I'm flying anywhere for a trip, I pull up my goals, I look at them, I adjust them. But I'm always just thinking about it. And for me, it's not something that I... Uh, I'm obsessed with the goal setting, not the goals, though. I'll say that uh, actually totally. enough. And that's what it's something for you, too. It's like it, it's sort of this thing that just part of that keeps you motivated. It's like rather than thinking I have this thing off 30 years from now, it's like, hey, I have this thing in three hours and this is where I want to get myself. And so anyways, 
it's, uh, you know, you have those mile markers in this marathon and then, uh, you, you know, you're constantly checking your pace and just making sure you're good. So anyways, I think it's a, it's, it's such a healthy mindset. I think it's such a good message for everyone to have that type of mindset. Hey guys, Dr. Axe here. I am so excited to share that my new book, Ancient Remedies, is already a bestseller. When I started writing this book, I talked to Dr. Oz about the content, and he was so excited that he wrote an endorsement for the book, which he rarely does. People like Carrie Underwood and Dr. Mark Hyman have been raving about the book, and find out why this book already has more than 500 five-star reviews on Amazon in just a few short weeks. Head to draxcom forward slash ancient remedies to learn more about why this book will be your ultimate reference guide for healing over 70 health conditions, including including problems related to your immunity, digestion, hormones, and more. Plus, it has over 70 simple and delicious healing recipes. Again, go to DrAxe.com forward slash ancient remedies to learn more or get a copy today to see what all the buzz is about. I would love to talk about your workout routine. Then let's talk into nutrition. So what does this look like? Because one of the things I've been a big proponent of, I'd love to hear your workouts, is sort of combining weight training and intervals um, together. But I, I, I think one of the things I encourage for people is do what you love. You know, I mean, do what you love. And so if it's weight training, if it's running, if it's outdoor hiking, like that's first do what you love. But I know in results when I've worked with people over the years, like it's been, and for myself, I've felt and looked the best when I have done a combination of weights and more like interval type cardio without really stressing my joints, you know, maybe it's a spin bike, something like that. But, but what, what does your workout routine look like? And last thing I'll say, and then I will let you talk is that, cause I see a lot of people, they'll go in the gym. I remember the first time I had this. So when I was in undergraduate degree, I actually worked as a personal trainer. And I remember seeing this woman, uh, she was, you know, 19 years old. She was a freshman or sophomore in college. She was coming, she'd run on the treadmill an hour a day. Wow. And by the end of the year, and I'm serious, like she was the most, she was that person, right? She was in there every day. We're going to, by the end of the year, I thought, and, and I'm not, not judging her, just noticing, I think she's gained maybe 15 pounds or so, you know, just <laughs> right. over the course of the year. And I, I've never seen anyone work out this much doing cardio. So yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that that may not be the most effective. So I'd love to hear about what you do and what your recommendations are as you work with people on, on getting fit. Yeah. Amazing. So and I've been her, literally. I've been that woman. I in um, 2010, I became obsessed with cycling, and uh, I rode. I rode a bike. I, I I was on Strava. If I haven't been on Strava since 2012, really. But if anybody wants to go look, you can see I was riding my bike a lot, right? And um, it got to the point where I just my name is Earl. Just ended. I had so much money. I was like, I don't have to do anything. I can just ride my bike. I gained a ton of weight doing my name is real. I want to take it off. How do I do it? I need to do cardio, right? I didn't really understand these principles that you're talking about. And I rode my bike eight hours a day, six days a week, and I would ride it for four hours on Sunday. And I lost so much weight, but I'll say this, I was also starving myself. I was also, there were 
huge periods, months at a time where I would only allow myself to eat solid food while riding the bike. So I would have these bonk breaker bars and other bars. Oh, yeah. And that was, that was basically all I ate, but I had to be actively riding it. If we stopped, me and my buddy stopped for a break at, at some Starbucks, I would drink a black coffee, but I would not eat because I'm not riding the bike, right? Like this crazy nuts. And then if I had to ride 150 miles, the day before I'd eat a bowl of rice and feel guilty the whole time I'm eating it. Like, this is insane. How could I eat this? But I'd know I'm not going to make that big ride the next day if I don't. So I did all that cardio and it got to the point where my wife said after a couple of years, like, Hey moron, you're not actually like a rich person. You need to go back to work. And like, what are you doing? You can't make money riding a bicycle. She was right. And I started looking at weightlifting and stuff, but I got very thin and I got thin, not because I was doing all that cardio, because I was starving myself. Mm -hmm. And, and I think there's a, I think there's gotta be a happy place where you get some cardio. I, I'm basically doing, uh, my workouts are, are like almost entirely, uh, hypertrophy workouts, literally just with the intention of making my muscles big. Now, typically I'm cutting fat, so I'm not actually making my muscles big. I'm just holding on to muscle. But the other thing I've learned is if you don't ch change these things, your, your body can get used to them. And so an hour of cardio every day does not do the same thing for your body two weeks in even that it was doing two weeks ago. And so where do you build? You build to the point of having to do 20 hours of cardio at the end of some cycle if you're not changing it. So that's where I think you're right. Interval is really, really valuable with cardio because you're, you're confusing your body. You're yeah. the sprint and the relax and this. And, and I think you do wind up getting a lot more out of it. And I think it's easier too with these ideas of like progressive overload, especially with interval, if you're like going week one, I'm going to do five sprints or whatever, sure. however you're formulating it. Week two, you can do six. Week three, you can do seven. Week four, you can do eight. And then take a week off, let your body recuperate, and then start over. You know what I mean? And your body is going to get more out of that than it would if you just did an hour of cardio every day. An hour of cardio every day, your body's going to figure that out pretty quick. Yeah. And if you're not changing it, it's not going to be as useful. That's what I've found. So yeah. my it, workouts are almost all weightlifting, but I do do cardio. Yep. And I realize like, you know, I don't want it to get stagnant. So I switch it up a little bit. Yeah, you know? so smart. Yeah. So I think that's fantastic again. And that's what I get. I've seen the best results with my own body. It's what my wife does is what, the, what I have my mom do. Who's nearly 70. So I think that combination as you're saying, weight training plus doing some cardio, but really mixing that cardio up quite a bit, man, it, it is the most effective. So let's talk about nutritional. I'd love to hear what is your, uh, what does your diet look like? Like what is your typical breakfast, your lunch, dinner, if you do dessert snack, you know, what, what does it look like? I, I typically have uh, the first thing I consume in the morning is whey protein and water, and then I'm exercising. And then uh, my first 
uh, substantive meal is immediately following my workout. It's almost always sitting in my car in, in the parking lot of the gym eating. And I, I guess my, my meals are mostly, uh, chicken, beef or fish and vegetables. And then I have some rice. That's almost all I consume. And and I get my wife jumps on me and says, like, you're eating the same thing every day. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Sorry. And she'll like say, well, this week you're eating brown rice or this week you're you're going to we're going to switch over to cabbage instead of broccoli or something like yeah. that. But I, I don't mind eating the yeah. same stuff. What's so funny is my wife and I have the same conversation. So I will go through phases. I'll eat the same thing every day for months me too and, and then and then i try and then i'm like hey you want to do this again and she's i mean she, after one meal she wants every meal to be different i'm like <laughs> like when we did thanksgiving i had the leftovers and no one else in the family did like her parents anyone else but like i eat the leftovers for a week straight and yeah like, you want to go get tacos now i just want to eat my turkey and you know this uh you know paleo stuffing you made for every single meal so right yeah okay paleo i do I do eat a ton of sweet potatoes. So nice. I say I say it's chicken, beef, fish, a little veggies and rice, but I would say it's a balance of sweet potatoes and rice. So and I, rice. I do I do eat a ton of, of sweet potatoes because look, I've done every version of every diet and I was unable to tell how I felt eating fast food. If I eat fast food now and I'm not going to lie. I probably have fast food once a year. I feel awful the next day. And the idea that I just felt awful all the time is possible or that my body was disguising how awful I felt with this, you know, malaise that was created over so gradually over a long period of time that I was unaware of it. Right. Like I often think like if I woke up tomorrow at 550 pounds it would be so shocking that every single action I took would be to get that weight off. But if it took me 20 years to put on another 250 pounds from where I'm at now, it wouldn't be as shocking because it took 20 years to do. And so like at what point, you know, my back starts to hurt a little bit and then I can't sit up a year later at what point does it become this necessary thing to challenge? So my point is just that with food, I notice for me personally that eating the stuff that we think of as junk food, I don't feel good when I eat it. That's not to say I'll never eat it, but I recognize now like, oh, when I feel really good and I'm exercising and I eat that stuff, I don't feel good. So it's a, it's a trade-off. Yeah, Ethan, let me ask you, one of the things I love about the results you saw is that this point is, it's not fancy. Like, you, like, like you, you go to the gym, you left and do cardio, the diet you eat is real food, it's vegetables, it's meat, it's sweet potatoes, it's rice, it's simple. And, and, and now this is working for you and it's how, how you've essentially, it seems to me like how you felt the best. Let me ask this question. So when you were doing, because I know there have been times in my career, especially early on. Now, now I feel like I have such a good life balance, but I worked so much and it wasn't a diet that ever gave me any, any health issues. I had health issues my first couple years in practice because I was working 80 hours a week. 
did, do you find that like with your show, my name is Earl, for example, during that time, do you feel like that stress or maybe, you know, some, some of that career, do you feel like that contributed to some of the weight gain? I mean, just even, you know, even maybe you were eating very similar, but you still were gaining weight or not as healthy because of some of that. Yeah, I do. Listen, it's, it's so tricky because I try to like put myself in the shoes of a dude working construction and I go like, that's a hard job. You know, the dudes uh, got physical output most of the day. Yeah. Um, That requires a lot of energy input. Like, I don't know how I would do that or how I would feel being an actor. You have incredibly long days. There are often 14 hour days now, I will say there's a lot of downtime too, and I'm not generally lifting heavy things. And if I have scenes, last year I did a movie called The Hunt. I had to run uh, and chase a train, and we were running for three days. That's about as hard as it will get in my work. Um, and, you know, that scene took us three days to shoot. And then we shot other stuff where the majority of the day I'm sitting down and I stand up to do my scene. And so for me, I, it has become incredibly important on a day that I go to work and I have massive energy output at work. I don't worry about going to the gym on a day where I am sitting around for most of the day, I am going to figure out uh, exercise in my trailer at lunch or exercise before work or exercise after work. So that's exercise. Um, the stress of my name is Earl. I just didn't, I didn't really know how to eat. I didn't, that I hadn't ever thought about portions at that point. That was a point in my life where I was still eating. I guess it was probably closer to keto. And I was just like, well, if I just, if I just kind of cut certain foods out, I can eat as much as I want of other foods. And I, and I, and I, you know, listen, dude, I, I, if you say you can eat as much steak as you want, I'll gain weight. I'll eat enough steak to gain weight. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And you tell me I can put butter on it. I'm for sure going to gain weight. And, and then I would also have this, these little mental loopholes where it's like, you know, and you can eat as much bacon as you want. Well, bacon has sugar in it. Can you really eat as much bacon as you want on a keto diet? I don't know that that is really going to work out yeah. for you. So I, I can look back at, at my most, I, I would say, quote unquote, stressful job. Also, one of the funnest being my name is Earl and go like, those were really hard 14 hour days, five days a week. That's a lot of work. Yeah. It, it was TV, so you're 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 not getting a huge amount of downtime. I mean, I'm an actor, so I can't say it was like working construction. I don't want to lie. I don't know. I've never worked construction, but those were hard, stressful days, and I wasn't eating in a way that I think um, I I didn't understand how food worked really as succinctly as I do now. Um, and so, and I wasn't exercising, and so. Those things, yeah, I could consider that stress. When I allow um, my mental state to influence how I eat or how I exercise, it's a disaster. If, if I allow myself to celebrate something fun with food, it's not good. If I allow myself to uh, comfort myself with something that's upsetting with food, it's not good. So I, I really do try to separate 
how I'm feeling mentally with what I'm doing to myself physically, if that makes sense. And by the way, I start every day brushing my teeth. I don't sleep with a shirt on. And my first thought when I see myself is like, not good. I look at my body and I, I see problems and I, I don't, I don't let myself leave the mirror until I've found something to be happy about, you know, because it's all subjective at that point. Yeah. Well, I'll say this from, uh, I want to encourage everybody check out Ethan's website. It's, uh, American glutton. Um, you know, I think you should feel pretty good about your, your chest. You know, it's, you look pretty jacked there. So anyways, I, uh, Ethan, I'm so impressed. I want to just uh, mention a few things and I have one more question for you. Um, again, and I want to encourage you guys to check out AmericanGlutton.com. Ethan has a podcast. He's got a lot of episodes where he's interviewed a lot of uh, actors, some other incredible people. In fact, one of my friends, uh, Terry Walls, she's a, a medical doctor uh, who overcame autoimmune disease by pretty much eating meat and cooked green vegetables. Yeah. And she reversed her autoimmune disease. She's got an incredible story. So uh, Ethan recently interviewed her again. So you're going to find a great mix of some uh, you know, famous celebrities and some just amazing people who are knowledgeable about health. Again, check it out. It is AmericanGlutton.com. You can check out that podcast there as well. Ethan, so, you know, we talked about a ton of stuff and um, I mean, I'm so inspired by your message. And I know you, you shared a lot of things. Any just sort of, I guess, final tips for people? Let's say you've got somebody too, and they've been where you're at, where it's been Maybe the roll, you know, maybe not the amount of weight, but it's been the roller coaster. They've tried things, they just never can seem to fully, you know, uh, stay on and get to the point to where they're in a good spot. What, what what sort of words or advice do you have for those people? The thing that I think I wish I had come to understanding earlier, and again, if anything works for anybody, I support it. I'm all about like, if you're successful doing what you're doing, I, I don't want to say a thing against that. But the thing that I wish I had had um, resolved much earlier for myself was this necessity for immediate and drastic results. And the idea of allowing this to take a long time and be a very slow process of change for me has been the most valuable thing. You know, um, I, I've done diets where it's like, no, if I can just lose 40 pounds in 40 days, everything will be fine. And, and at the end of the day, I always gain those 40 pounds back. I've done, you know, every crash fad diet there is, and I can, I can starve myself like nobody you've ever seen before. I will not eat anything and be okay and get through it and must white knuckle my way through it. And then I gain the weight back and that's not fun. That's got nothing to do with it. So for me, it's like allow your, uh, uh, allowing myself to have this process be really slow and take its time and really investigate how I feel when I eat what should be an appropriate meal that that to me is is the best thing that i've got going for myself now i think it's fantastic advice one of the things i just want to point out about one of the things i feel like i've noticed about you is that you're a learner i think a lot of the people i notice who get to the point to where they where where, where they feel like hey i'm gonna really 
I'm in a good situation now. I've gotten myself to a really healthy point where it's a lifestyle, an actual daily lifestyle rather than, than a fad they're doing, is that those people have decided to continue learning, reading blogs, listening to podcasts, on social media, following these people. You know, like, and so that's another thing I can tell you, like, is you've gained a lot of knowledge over the years. You're so much wiser now and to the point where you're giving people, you know, health advice. And so anyways, just want to encourage you guys to continue to educate yourself. I know that's a big thing that I've done. Ethan's done. And that's one of the things he's doing. I love that, uh, what he's doing on the American Glutton podcast. And you can learn more there as well. So Ethan, I want to say, again, man, inspiration to me. And, and, you know, Chelsea and I, again, I mentioned this earlier, but we have such a big fan of what you've done in your acting career. And again, some of the shows I mentioned, you know, remember the Titans and and Boy Meets World. I know you've done some other great shows as well, but those are the two I know that we've watched quite quite a bit uh, growing up. But also, man, just impre- more impressed with just you as a human, like what you've been able to do, the people you've inspired. Man, it's just um, it's just incredible. So I want to say thanks so much for uh, coming on the show today. And where, where else can people find you along with American uh, American Glutton? American Glutton, the podcast is is really. Um the the main place okay. instagram i i write stuff i you know instagram i find to be difficult but i always write really long things on there that people say this is too long i didn't read it so if you want to check me out there <laughs> too that's a good spot that's awesome well i want to encourage you guys check out americanglutton.com i want to say again thanks to ethan supley again just an inspiration and ethan again hey thanks so much for coming on the show Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.